I have a very understanding wife, and I want to stay in this industry as long as my wife will, will, yeah, will let me. As long as she lets you. Exactly. exactly. I mean, so, don't call you a brewmaster. It blows so many people's minds when I tell them the lager is the hardest beer to make. You don't have anything to hide behind. If I did my job right, a bartender doesn't know who I am. Right. Um, Correct. Because I am I am out the door before a bartender ever walks in here. Yep. It's just a fun industry, and you know, um, the more the merrier. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out episode three of our podcast. In this episode, we hang out with head brewer from South End Brewing, William Brown. He will go into a lot of the details of what he's passionate about with beer. So grab your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cheers, y'all. When I first got into this industry, one of the very first beer festivals that I attended was the Summertime Brews Fest. Oh, yeah. And I was pouring. I was uh, with Brown Truck. I was pouring there. And I remember seeing this guy, I'm like, man, that guy's got the best beard here. <laughs> so, I mean, if you know William, you know him by his beard. You may not know his name, but his name is William. <laughs> He's got the best beard in the business. I don't want to hear anybody atting me or fighting me about it. I'm double stamping it right now. He has the best beard in the business. Uh, we can talk about beard care afterwards, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I This is... This is the beard your grandfathers had when they were <laughs> still men. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, first ran into you at Summertime Brews Fest, and you made a comment that kind of stuck with me, and I was like, man, I want to I wanted know more about this. I want to know why, right? Mm-hmm. And that comment that I overheard you tell somebody was, um, this is the only festival I don't work. Yeah, so, I mean, in my you know, previous employer, um, you know, we worked festivals across the state and um you know sometime brew festival is the the original festival that i attended you know back before i ever did this for a living when i was still in the homebrew world and um and i just really enjoy that festival so it's like the one festival that i i i attend as a normal person versus actually having to work and pour at so awesome so why is that the one festival i mean not to I mean, kind of harp on what festivals are better than others no, but it, it's it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily the best festival as right. far as or in, in that regard um it's just the festival is closest to my house and um it's it's my original beer festival so it's kind of I, I, I enjoy that one that's okay. awesome so i know we kind of touched on before about this being gibbs's old building mm-hmm. obviously you worked for gibbs for for a number of years yes sir. um how does it feel kind of coming back? I don't want to say full circle, but I guess in, in essence it is. I mean, it's full circle. I mean, it is absolutely. Um, no, I, mean, I, I love this location. I think this is one of the best locations in Greensboro. Um, I like being in the heart of downtown. I like being on this side of downtown. Um, and I, it's just a great building to, to, to put a brewery in. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super happy to be back in this location. So I said it meets all the, all the requirements for a good location for a brewery that's great you and i talked a little bit off, off microphone off camera yeah. or whatever and you're big into history I, Absolutely. I, I love history Absolutely. so i mean you you were telling us a little bit about the history of this building i think it's 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 fascinating you know like if these walls could speak right i mean mm-hmm. that's always like the coolest thing like going to for me going to different places in history like we did fort sumter a couple years ago Absolutely. you know yeah. and it's just like man if these bricks could talk mm-hmm. right i mm-hmm. mean Tell me a little bit about this building because you were telling us about it, and I thought that it was kind of interesting. What was here before everyone just like, oh, cool, it was always a brewery. Yeah, so this building was originally um, it was built, I believe, eighteen ninety seven. Don't quote me on that exact year, but pretty early on, um, and it was originally a horse staple. So huh. next door to us, where the currently Fang Goat Distillery is, um, was a blacksmith shop, and then this was the horse stable side of, of the of the business in essence. 
Um, after that, um, I'm not sure what it was between then and the 50s, it was a um, industrial dry cleaners. Hmm. So, uh, in fact, if you drive on Lewis Street coming to the building, um, you'll see this um, overhead chute type thing over the road. And that, that's actually a, uh, there's mechanicals in there that were part of the industrial dry cleaner to ship across the, build, across the road to the other building. And after that, it was vacant for a number of years and became an antique shop. Um, it was an antique shop for a number of years, and then ultimately, what became Gibbs. Nice. So yeah, because I mean, as we're obviously, you know, this is a podcast you can't see, but as you're you're sitting here, obviously, if you come visit the brewery, which I hope you do, um, you can kind of look into the brew house. You can see all these massive wooden beams that were kind of put in to help you know support the building and stuff like that. So I mean, like I said, uh, it, it was. I mean, when this building was originally built out, I mean, they they basically built a building inside of a building as far as a structure standpoint. Um, you go in the tap room, all the I-beams are there in there. That's all new construction. I mean, it, it, it's basically a building inside of four walls of a building. That's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, obviously, it's structurally sound. The city obviously wouldn't let you occupy yeah, it if it yeah, wasn't. No, so, so far. <laughs> yeah, so far, knock on wood. Um, that's great. So um, give me a little bit of insight into your brewing background because, obviously, like you said, this is comfort, full circle. Um, you've worked at festivals, so obviously you weren't always – a brewer no no far from it so my, my background is actually distribution logistics you know originally i was i had a corporate job working for uh several different companies in the logistical field and got this crazy notion that i wanted to open a brewery i had homebrew for a number of years um coming out of the battleground brewers guild the homebrew club here locally um i have a very understanding wife who uh when i told her this crazy idea that i want to open a brewery um you know, she actually kind of supported the idea. And it's I was very like, well, important I, to have a supporting wife. <laughs> it, 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 it helps. So I was like, I need, but I need relevant experience before I, you know, sink my small life savings into something and it falls flat. So um, about that same time that was happening, I was thinking about doing that. Gibbs was, they were starting up. They weren't actually 100% open yet, but they were, they were getting, the, the framing was there. Um, so I, I approached uh, Mark Gibb and, um, and John Priest, the original head brewer to Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and ultimately got on with them as a uh, as an assistant brewer type deal. Um, did that for a while, and uh, then got into the um, the head brewer job there, and um, just kind of realized, you know, maybe me opening a brewery right now is not the best thing for me to do. But I love this industry, I enjoy this industry, and I want to stay in this industry as long as my wife will, will, yeah, will let me. As long as she lets you, exactly. exactly. I mean, say. And I'll keep doing what I'm doing as long as my wife lets me. Exactly, I mean, that's, exactly. that's basically the way the way life works uh, as a married as a married mm-hmm. man. So that's awesome. So you know, obviously you with South End now. You were with Gibbs, mm-hmm. but you were also kind of in between as well too. There was mm-hmm. a, there was a point in between with Burlington Beer Works. It was yes, absolutely. So um, so after after I left Gibbs, um, I went to Burlington Beer Works, got them up in operational, worked for them for about six months. Um, got you know, I walked in there. It was it was still kind of. Bare bones, um, building. So we went through the whole construction process, um, you know, getting equipment in, installing equipment, um, and I brewed about the first ten beers they put on tap there, and um, trained a replacement brewer, and then ultimately I came to, to South and where we're at now. Nice, that's awesome. So. Again, we're going to touch back again on the history part of things. Yeah. Um, we, like I said, we talked a little bit off off microphone and stuff like that. Um, you're a very traditional brewer, right? Don't call you a brewmaster, right? Which everyone kind of thinks, that's, oh, you're you're the you're the brewer, so you're the brewmaster. Yeah, somebody, that's somebody much smarter than me with a, a lot more degrees than I have. <laughs> so. But you are you're you're very you're an astute. I don't know if that's even a word. Uh, 
historian, right? And uh, not okay. just with history in general, right? You, you're, you're doing a lot of your homework. You're subscribing to historical beer-related no, no. stuff. I mean, uh, talk, tell me a little bit more about that. No, so I'm, I'm, from, a, from a brewing standpoint, I'm, I'm somewhat of a traditionalist. Not too big into the whole crazy idea of, I've, you know, we found this root out in a field and we're going to make beer with it. <laughs> I, it's just not my, my cup of tea. I'm, I tend to be a, a traditionalist and make, make beer to a style. You know, there's a reason that some of these styles have been made for, you know, 150 years. And, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel. If it's not broken, let's not fix it. So I, I tend to brew more to a, a, a style, a set of parameters, um, than just kind of throwing things in the wall. And that, that, that can be somewhat boring to a lot of people. Yep. Um, but I think it's something that I, I want to make a beer that I can drink every day. And I'm not, I'm not like, you know, dreading it. Not dreading it. That's not the right word. But... You know, that's something that's not always so crazy unique. I want, I want something that's um, enjoyable every day and, and always. That's so. awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I think I think kind of the the trend, I mean, the pendulum has swung so far to one way where, you know, you have people literally throwing, like, pizzas into the mash yeah. tun and stuff like that, that there's now an even kind of sort of push to go back towards mm-hmm. beer flavored beers if you know well, and, and absolutely and let's say I'm, I'm not i'm not against the idea of, of doing unique things um, 100%. But, I, lo- but, I like it i like both yeah but i, like I, both. I, I just think that everything needs to be based in a, a if, if you don't have a scale to grade something to it's impossible to grade something correct so um you need you need a foundation there yeah um so if someone said hey man what is your favorite beer to brew Oh, um, okay. Well, in that case, uh, favorite beer brew. I'm a big lager guy. Yep. Um, so in anything in that realm, I love doing those. Um, I like dark beer quite a bit, so stouts, porters, that type deal. So you've um, made the best of both worlds. I'm drinking a black lager. There, there we go. Exactly. So um, you know, try try to do a little bit of a little bit of everything in between. Um, but if I if I had to pick one style of beer to brew or one style to drink, I'm 100 percent a lager guy. That's awesome. Um, the downside is right now I have the luxury of some tank space and can keep a logger on pretty almost all the time. Down the road we might not have that luxury to be able to you know allow a tank to sit for you know almost two months with with a beer in it. So yeah. um, so so dive a little more into that, right? So a lot of people who who listen don't aren't really you know astute on the different styles of beers, yeah. right? They just think okay, logger that's what the big beer companies yeah. make, so yeah, it must absolutely. be easy it must be one of those things you can just kind of turn over and over and over right it blows so many people's minds when i tell them the lager is the hardest beer to make it's completely the opposite is true i mean it it is absolutely that one of the hardest beers to make as far as um you don't have anything to hide behind so if you screw something up it's very apparent and obvious um and and honestly it the the reason a lot not a lot of people make them is just because it it takes real estate it takes time and tank um you know a a, a longer you know that's a six to eight week beer versus you know i can do an ale in in 14 days so i mean i I can i can turn i can make three to four ales in the same time it takes to make one longer so i mean obviously from a real estate perspective from a business perspective it makes sense to do ales right so do you think that's why there's been sort of like this big sort of decline in people making loggers do you think it's more of that, or do you think it's just people maybe with the big quote-unquote brewery boom of, like, everybody trying to open a brewery, you know, maybe you don't have the most, I don't want to say, I don't, not the most educated brewers, but people who may not know how to make a lager traditionally, per se. I, I, I think there's, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I, I, I do think from a, um, from just a sheer probability standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an ale, an ale house is the way to go. I mean, it, it's, it's a quicker turnaround, it's quicker... Um, and I said you get three to four 
you know, rotations on that tank and the time you get one rotation. So um, just from a sheer real estate and cash flows perspective, it makes more sense to be ales. Um, gotcha. You know, your, your cost is a little higher um, with loggers because, I mean, your yeast is a little bit higher. Um, you know, pitching more yeast. It, it's a little more involved in the process. So, yeah, I, I, but, but I think it's worth it. I really do. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of them. That's awesome. And I'm a big fan of them. I love drinking them as well, too. So I appreciate that. Thank you. One of the questions I, I really like to ask people, um, I did it I did it with a person who's, uh, we did a podcast with a sales rep. I want to ask you, so obviously, right, everybody has perception versus actual reality, right? So being a brewer, mm-hmm. right, everybody's, I don't want to speak for everybody, but a, a major perception is, cool, yeah, yeah, hey, you brew a beer, you work a couple hours, then you just sit around and drink beer for the rest of the day, and you're basically a professional drinker, right? That's the perception absolutely absolutely right and but there's actual reality to it so i mean can you kind of speak to the perception slash reality of being a brewer because right you wanted to open your own brewery did, right because obviously there people have this perception of like it's great it's easy it's fun work there's not a lot of stuff that goes into it and hey really anybody can do it so so i mean you're absolutely right i mean it is, it is fun work i mean i wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun i mean i left a i left a job uh, you know of a, a, a I left a lot of things on the table to, to do this for a living. And um, it is a, a very fun job. The community is a lot of fun. Um, but it is work. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, grain bags don't get any lighter. You know, yep. 55 pounds is still 55 pounds. You know, a, a half barrel keg is 165 pounds. They don't get any lighter either. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it is work. In the summertime, this room um, is on average probably about 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so it, it, you know, it, it is right now in winter, it's great, it's but, fantastic. Um, but in summertime, this room gets absolutely insanely hot. Um, you know, and, and it is, it is rough work from, it's, it's physical work. I mean, it is moving things. It is lifting things. It is, um, hot, humid. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's, it's a fun job. And as far as like the idea of being a professional drinker or anything like that, I mean, honestly, I have a pretty, I don't, I don't drink at all. Like, while I'm back here. I mean, um, this is literally the first beer that I've had today. We won't tell anybody we're drinking in the brew house. Then. No, no, well, but, but, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I, I have kind of a, I mean, there's a lot of dangerous stuff back here. I mean, there's, yep. there's chemicals, there's pressure, there's heat. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can, can seriously hurt you. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, forklifts and everything else, and you don't want to be, you know, don't want to be drinking while doing any of that. So I kind of have a hard and fast rule that you don't, you don't drink on the on the brewery side. At the end of the day, if you want to go out there and have a beer, more power to you. Um, but I kind of have a hard and fast rule about that. Um, yeah, I mean, which is kind of disappointing to a, a lot of probably hurts a lot of people's uh, <laughs> yeah the images, perception. Yeah, the perception. But, but exactly. that's perception, right? So perception versus reality. I think that's that's a very candid, very honest perception, right? And you know, everybody's different. Obviously, everybody yeah. has their own rules and whatever. Yeah, of course, but, I, but I think you know, you know, at the end of the day, you know you have a wife to go home to, right? And, I mean, so if you're hurt on the job, guess what you're not doing? And, and also, like, as far as, like, everybody's different in this regard. Yep. There's other brewers that, that do things differently. There's brewers that start your... I'm an early morning guy. I mean, when I'm mashing, I'm usually mashing by 5 a.m. Um, you know, I, I came, kind of came out of the production world where that was something you did. You know, you started early, you got you got your batches out, and, and you went home. Um, I used to always joke around with these guys, and, and you know, if I did my job right, a bartender doesn't know who I am. Right. Um, Correct. Because I am I am out the door before a bartender ever walks in here. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm an early morning guy. Um, just get just get in and get out. 
That's great. Well, I appreciate you being here after hours. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I mean, no which is great. No, but this is fantastic. I mean, what right now, with the way the beer industry is, I mean, let's just talk specifically North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. There's over 300 breweries now Absolutely. in the state. Um, you know, what are you... What are you what are you most excited about about the beer industry right now? Is there anything you're excited about? Right, oh, I don't yeah. want to presume that you are excited. No, about no, something. no. I mean, I'm you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not jaded to this industry at all. I mean, I, I've definitely, I've been, you know, I've been in this industry not a, a huge amount of time compared to some of these guys, but a, a while. And um, you know, it, it's just a fun industry, and you know, um, the more the merrier. Um, I've, I've been to, not all the breweries but I probably I mean me and my wife probably been to 200 plus breweries in the state wow um, that's awesome I mean, oh yeah I mean we, we we've been to almost every brewery in South Carolina um, I mean we make it a, a lot point of good ones to, down there we make it a point to to, to travel and um, I think it's 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 neat because it's becoming like community centers like and it's not just the big towns it's not you know it's not Greensboro and Raleigh and Charlotte I mean you've got little breweries in these little small towns that I, mean, I don't know how they're supporting it, but somehow they're doing it. I mean, you know, it, it, but it's becoming kind of a meeting spot. It's becoming where everybody comes and hangs out and has conversations. And that, that community event space that, that that town may have been lacking. Yeah. So it's neat to see them pop up in these little, little small communities just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Places um, that you wouldn't normally see it. Oh, not at all. Not You're at all. like, well, this used to be like a dry county. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, I mean there, there, there's absolutely been breweries that me and my wife have been to that, um, I never would have went to that town had not had a brewery, or I never would have stopped in that town. I mean, maybe get stopped and got gas, but that was it. Like, yeah. I mean, completely pass just through pass town. through town. Yeah. Exactly. And now, you know, I'm stopping in that town and you know, going to a brewery or going to a restaurant or whatever. I mean, it's you know, it, it is economic development for that town. That's fantastic. So, so obviously, like I, I travel around to a bunch of different breweries, <laughs> right? Um, you, you said you and your wife do. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. I know a lot of brewery friends uh, that do that as well too. Um, do you kind of pull any ideas or glean anything off of the different breweries that you visit to be like hmm they're doing something that maybe i haven't seen before or wow i really like how you're doing x y and z is is there information shares do you get the opportunity to ask different kind of questions and does anything like that kind of influence any of the beers that you may make either now or in the future i mean absolutely i mean i love to go to different places get different ideas try different things um you know for the most part i don't get to meet you know the the brewers or the owners and honestly like i I don't want to be that guy that's like not you know bothering people or anything like that so i tend to go into one as just a you know johnny off the street type deal you know and um but uh but it is interesting to see the different styles of beer people making the different um different techniques and honestly kind of sitting there almost reverse engineering that that beer um and just, and just see the different vibes of these different places because every every brewery is slightly different. I mean, the only only com- only thing that's across the board similar is everybody has to have an S involved in your brewery or, or you're not a brewery. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, they're they're just every everybody's got their own little twist on it. That's great. Um, not to put you on the spot or anything like that, but what has been from all your travels has has there been not what has been but has there been a beer that's just absolutely blown you away, knocked your socks off? I mean, not, not, I couldn't say one. It's like this is the pinnacle of, of the right. best thing I've had. I've, I mean, I've had a lot of really, really good beer in this. Same state. here, but there's a few that I've maybe been like, I drink it, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Have physically made me say the word wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not not really that I could say off the top of my head. But there, there's some fantastic breweries, some fantastic beers out there. Um, name a few. I mean, you know, here locally, I mean, you know, Brown Trucks does fantastic stuff. 
you know, I, I have high hopes for the guys here in, um, in Greensboro. I mean, 11 11 is fantastic. You yep. haven't been over there. Yeah, Big Dan does some um, crazy big stuff. Big Dan is a very is, good job. Um, you know, yeah. all bias aside, they're probably one of the most underrated breweries in Greensboro. No offense to no, any no, other no, Greensboro no, places, absolutely, but absolutely. they're the least talked about, but they have some of the most incredible beers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue that one bit. Absolutely. So, South Carolina. Um, Since, wow. you know, uh, we don't have, okay. we're, we're far enough away. Yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you. Um, Carolina Brew House mm-hmm. um, is doing some really, really interesting stuff. I, I heard that guy talk one time at a, at a little um, a little technical that I went to um, at Brewery 85 in Greenville, South Carolina. Yep. And um, he did some samplings, and um, yeah, he's got a whole whole separate company that is um, you know doing some um, some yeast stuff, and um, it, it, it's it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting little place, um, and he's doing a lot of really nice, interesting stuff. That's awesome. So, yeah, but but that's but that's the beautiful part about beers, right? Because like. A lot of people will say, well, man, isn't the beer market saturated? Aren't there too many breweries in North Carolina? And usually what I tell people is, like, look, there's over 300 breweries here. I said, Colorado has almost 800. So think about that. And they're like, like it blows their mind. They're like, whoa, one, that North Carolina is over 300. And then the fact that Colorado has two to three times that. And I tell people, I'm just like, hey, look, you know, I, I attribute breweries and head brewers or mm-hmm brewmasters if that's what you want to call them just don't call William that to like the renaissance era right with artwork right everybody was making paintings all over the place right but you had certain people that hey I specialize in landscape or hey I specialize in you know uh, still life or I specialize in portrait you know something along the lines I said think of a brewer as the same way right he may specialize in Belgian beers. Oh, hey, he specializes in IPAs, or hey, he's really good at you know barrel-aged sours or fruited sours or you know X, Y, and Z. So there's there's something kind of for everybody out there. So you may have four or five breweries in one local spot, but everybody does something different, right? Hey, if you want a really killer IPA, go to this spot. If you want a lager, hey man, come to South End because that's where this guy hangs his hat on, right? So to me, that's always been the fun thing, or it's just like well, hey, don't you ever get tired of going to breweries? I'm like, no, because every place is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. completely different. Everybody has their own spin. Everybody has their own personality that they bring to it. Um, decor is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, for instance, you guys serve food here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that you guys are known for? Or what's your favorite thing? Do you eat here? I, I do. Um, you know, obviously, it's usually in a super early dinner. Um, we open at 4 um, on weekdays. So I've, I've ate quite a bit of food here. Um, we have a fantastic kitchen manager. Um, Liz is doing a great job back there. They do, um, it's kind of a, the idea is a small plate, shareable type environment. Um, so they do, you know, chicken wings and um, meat and cheese trays and um, pretzels with beer cheese. And you know, the idea is that, you know, you come here with a couple friends and you can get something and, and, and share amongst yourselves. That's awesome. You have me at chicken wings and beer cheese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so beer cheese, right? A lot of the, a lot of people hang their hat on like, hey, we use, the stuff kind of like the spent grain or whatever yeah. to kind of make that cheese the same thing as well it, here she's doing the exact same thing here so um she about every other day she comes back here with a gallon jug and 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 gets some sort of beer whether that's the amber or the stout or something to to go back there and play with um so she's doing a lot of using our beer in 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 the food here quite a bit that's great. and there's also um we always try to do like a feature pairing so like she'll have a special that, that's only going to be available for you know, two or three days and then it gets paired with with one of the beers and 
Um, I mean, she's constantly coming up with neat ideas. See, I think that's great. I think that's one of the things that a lot of these brew pubs, the breweries that have a restaurant in them, I think that's a lot. One of the big mm-hmm. things they miss mm-hmm. is the pairing, right? Because you have a lot of absolutely. I don't want to say novice, but you have a lot of new people coming in being like, cool, hey, we're here in town, mm-hmm. want to check you guys out, maybe you've never been here before, maybe I'm just a casual beer drinker because I homebrew a little bit, mm-hmm. but I never know what to put with said beer. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you guys do that and she kind of does it, obviously she's doing her research, she's coming back oh, here, absolutely. she's trying absolutely. it, putting the stuff together and saying here as a chef or as a cook, mm-hmm. this is what mm-hmm. I would pair this beer with. And I think that's fantastic, mm-hmm. right? So you can get the best of both worlds. It enhances the beer you're drinking and not only that, the food that you're eating as well. Absolutely, too. absolutely. Yeah, that's the hope. So what I'll do is we'll, we'll end on this question. Okay. One of the questions I like to kind of ask off the cuff is uh, what is your favorite dinosaur? Oh, and dinosaur. Why? Okay. I think that's a, a very under-asked question oh, wow. to adults. Um, right? You ask, your, you ask kids that all the time, but nobody ever asks adults anymore. I, I don't know. Um... I'll give you some time to answer because it's I, I important. I guess brontosaurus. I don't. I mean, I know it's probably like the most like. I, I, I just think the the new Jurassic Park where the brontosaurus is like on the dock and it's like the whole island's getting blown up and yeah, you know, he's like ah, whatever. And uh, anyway, he's I, a docile. I, yeah, I, I I don't know why, but that's massive. That's, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Growing up, that was my favorite dinosaur. Yeah, because I mean, my older brother was always like, "I'm the T Rex," and I'm like, "Damn it, what else is there out there?" Yeah, I'm like, uh I, mean, I just want to be big enough to where you can't eat me. Yeah, and I'm mean, like, you know I'm I mean? like, I'm kind of husky. That's right. I'm like, I'm gonna go with the brontosaurus because he's big. I mean, he can just kind of pull people out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, William. Thanks Absolutely. so much, man. Absolutely. South End Brewing, y'all come out, check them out. Uh, if you're lucky enough to see him here, yeah. roll in at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't come by. I mean, you, you can always look through the window, yeah, and, the window. and watch him work. I'm sure he'll wave at you. Yeah. So appreciate you, man. Thanks Absolutely. so much for your time. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you'd like to find out what we do more on a daily basis, you can check out our Facebook, NC Beer Pride, our Instagram, NC underscore beer underscore pride. If you're listening on to iTunes, if you'd be so kind enough as to rate the episode, that really helps us out a bunch as well too. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll check you guys out in the next one. Cheers, y'all.